Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to agencygo.io to sign up today. What is going on, everyone? Today, we got Jim Trister. CEO of the Digital Navigator and really cool conversation we're going to have today. I know I say that all the time, but one of the things I'm really excited for you all to hear and I'm excited to, to talk about is how they were able to, one, 6X their business in the last two years. We're recording this on April 11, 2022. And then more importantly, how they have employees that have been with the business for over and up to 10 years. And that's the topic of the conversation primarily today. But Jim, thank you so much for coming on the conversation. For everyone that's now super curious, who is Jim and what's the Digital Navigator? My name's Jim Traster and I'm the CEO of the Digital Navigator US. Um, We have three entities. Our focus is on independent businesses around the world. Everybody from the butcher up the street to $55 million equipment manufacturer, and we just picked during COVID, we pick up the Incans. If you've studied history in the past, you know, the Incans that live in the Andes, we just put their courses online last year and That's cool. first month, they made like 33,000. So what we do is we take all the technology from a sales standpoint off our client's plates for what it's worth. And um, everything's integrated, automated, and everything that we do is focused on sales and long-term. Nothing's focused on overnight. That's the reason we've been able to keep our customers, I believe, in our portfolio for so long at this time. We only lost two during COVID as a result, I believe, of one of them was a restaurant, by the way, Jordan. And so the other one was somebody actually, we could have done a better job from a customer service standpoint. You know, we six times our business and it's all focused on a long-term for our internal team members, as well as the client doing the right thing. I love that. And it really takes a unique business to be able to, one, you guys have 80 plus clients. Like yes, sir. that is a, that's a, you have to have a really good operation mm-hmm. to be able to do that. You have to have a really great communication because a lot of businesses get to that point and it's a shit show. Like I see, yeah. they, they come yeah. to me, I talk to them. And to have the success of only losing two clients in COVID over la- and even over the last two years, right? And being able to six X, it really takes fantastic systems, but an understanding of how to treat people appropriately. But more importantly, you guys grow, you guys focus on sales. You have to have some really good communication on setting expectations. Yes. Right. Because people, I put a dollar in, I want two, three, four, five back. So before we talk about the team, because I really do want to talk about how are you guys set up where people have stayed 10 minutes, maybe the unconventional ways that things that people aren't talking and thinking about. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me about how you guys set expectations with your clients so they have that long-term thinking? Because I could even, one of the, the agencies we're working with right now, they're, they're a legion agency and their churn is pretty high. Mm. They're struggling and they're working with really small businesses, like super mm. small businesses who yeah. need growth. How yeah. do you guys set those expectations that enables a long-term partnership? Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah, so first of all, um, the context before we even get started is making sure that client is qualified and they're already thinking long-term. Generally, that's not a new startup for us or a new agency. The reason, and I can give you context around that, but 
somebody who has experience, we, we're talking to folks that have been in business five years generally, unless they're an agency, and they have over $100,000 of sales. So they're not a new startup. They've tried this shiny belt buckle, that shiny spoon. And now they realize, crap, in order for me to move forward, I need somebody who's expert at. So once we qualify them, the next conversation is, hey, we're going to start with a foundation. So for example, somebody this past week, I won't say her name, she's awesome human being. And that's one of the first things we look at, are they awesome human being? Because if they're not, we're not going to be able to build a partnership in the long term. Like you were talking about your wife for a couple of minutes before we got started today. That's what we talk about is a marriage for the long term. Is this somebody we're going to be able to converse with? The reality is, like I say, from the very first day, Jordan, if you were a new prospect or client, but I say to you, hey, I'm the owner, I'm looking to eye. The reality is you're going to make mistakes and we're going to make mistakes. I'm not going to wait six months to build this relationship because you're paying me. So there's no holding back. And we act as if our own money's invested. So I'm going to tell you, Jordan, before we start SEO, we want to build a foundation. That foundation is going to be your website first. And then we're going to start checking boxes and make sure that you're being found in the search engines. And that has nothing to do with you spending thousands of dollars with us on SEO. So, you know, it's, during that time, we're finding out, hey, who is Jordan? Who are his partners? And we're checking in, going through a learning curve of how to communicate best with our clients along the ways. The piece that's not talked about is not recognized. I find in most businesses, not just in this world, I come from the, the food business, is everybody puts systems in place and talks about sales, but it's building a culture that supports that as well, too. And everything from my point of view starts with your team members. And, you know, we... Treat, treat them like kings and queens. Do we make mistakes? Yeah, we're human beings. But like I've said to my team when I came to this agency to become a partner here, I said, treat your team members who report to you. We have four managers like volunteers, like volunteers. You treat them like volunteers, I'm pretty sure they're going to be darn happy because none of them get treated like that anywhere else. We've all had bad experiences somewhere. We do not want to be that company at all. People first internally, even before clients even before clients. And thus, the last statement I'll say to you, you know, I've heard some of the podcasts talking about processes. Like I talked with one of my great managers the other day, Sarah. I said, hey, it's never about that person. We've had the right person. That's the question. Let's have that conversation. Let's let that person go. And that's how quick we move on that. But it's about the process and improving the process. Wow. You said a lot of good stuff there. And the big thing I even want to highlight everyone listening is pre-qualifying the thing one of the first things mm. you said right they're you know the, just the nature of the business right 96 percent of active businesses do less than a million that's just the statistics mm. right granted you know like 99 percent of all the wealth that's created in an ecosystem is from the four percent of business that to do more than a million and you know like 90 really 99 percent of that is like coming from like one percent of the businesses right mm. So one of the things that you said is we're looking at businesses that are five years old. A lot of agencies struggle with churn. How old are the businesses that you're working with? Like what mm. is I, five years old? It's, it sounds so simple in nature, but I think a lot of founders aren't actually considering that. We, we work with, like I said, before we started talking, like we work with a bunch of agencies and one of those is a legion agency that's struggling with churn. What I'm going to do right after this conversation, take my notes and be like, Hey, have you looked at this angle yet? Because mm -hmm. I think it's a great dialogue. And then secondly, when it comes to actually retention, one, great communication, treating, treating your team members like kings and queens. I think that sounds simple in nature. Um, yep. And you also use the word culture. Yep. I think culture is wildly misunderstood. 
my definition of culture. It's what your people say and do when you're not around. Mm-hmm. So yes. if that is, if that's the output of culture, for me, the input, it's influence. How do you influence how they talk? How do you influence how they feel behind closed doors or what they're saying yes. to their family exactly. about you? That, that's culture. So when you think about that, outside of treating people like kings and queens, do you guys have any specific strategies that may be unique or maybe uncommon in the marketplace that you guys are doing at your agency? Yeah, it starts off with hiring the right person. And believe it or not, we don't hire for the folks with the best skills. We do three interviews minimally before somebody's hired, make sure they fit in the team. And like, for, I always do the first interviews and make sure they're not over, I'm not overlooking some kind of hole with that person on a value standpoint. So integrity is number one value with us. Number two is initiative. Um, we need that. We've been working for remotely since 2010 or 2011. So we got to have folks with an uh, initiative. And the last one is taking responsibility. You know, when we don't work in an office place, it's really hard to know what's going on unless we can trust that person uh, first and then we're going to take responsibility. And then out of the, once they make through that, then I do every single orientation of every individual because I'm the owner to make that impression on them. Then we give them examples of what we mean by those three values, for example, and stories of people who've been successful rise from where they were at or even below their position we're hiring them for to manager um, today. So having that story is really important. I personally hope to interview every single person as well as orientate. And that all comes from, you help me remember the name. Um, the gentleman who um, runs WordPress or Automatic there. That's what he does. I just, I love that idea for what it's worth. So that's the beginning. Hey, agency owners. We at How to Scale an Agency Podcast know it's not easy to build an agency. You have to work your ass off to close deals and work on building the pipeline, onboard clients and work on leads and deal with scope creep and contractors and team members and operations and Within all of that, it's so easy to lose sight of why you are trying to build the agency in the first place. And at Eight Figure Agency, we help agency owners get themselves out of the operations and out of the day-to-day management so they can focus exclusively on building their dream business. If this is something that you need help with, you need help getting out of the operations and you need help getting past the seven or multi seven figure level, go to eightfigureagency.co. That's the number eight figureagency.co where you can work with me jordan ross on helping scale your agency to that next level and at a very minimum we'll give you a free agency audit to help you understand where you are missing the mark in your agency and business i love that i really want to highlight this everything you said is things we teach but Mm. it's interesting i don't think we actually have a specific so i like to think of when you build an onboarding process for an employee building a checklist. One of the things in a checklist, we do actually have stories on values. So you need to talk about what your core values are, what good looks like, what bad looks like. Yes. What we don't have in there is something you said, this is the role you're getting on board for. I actually want to tell you a story of like this employee who's now been here for 10 years. She started or he started in this same seat. And what this does, this is actually a proven psychological concept. When you draw a correlation between the now and the future, and they do this in my, the best minor league Baseball teams actually do this. I've heard stories of, I think it's the culture code. I've heard Daniel Coyle's the, the author. Mm-hmm. This is actually an actual example in the book. He was studying this minor league system because I think it's the White Sox, maybe. The White Sox continually produce great minor league players. One of the things that 
with a single A manager and coach will draw a correlation. They're watching the they're watching the major league team and they're like, hey, he was in this seat three years ago. Nice drawing that correlation instills in the mind. And it goes completely unconscious, an intrinsic motivation to one see the correlation, two have hope and desire, and three instill hunger and passion. And this is such a critical thing that you guys are doing. You figured it out. And I just want to call that out. This is brilliant. Yeah, so thank you. we're, you guys have this dialed down to a science, right? We're, we are hiring the right way. We are telling them stories. We're treating them like Kings and Queens. What else keep going through the process with me? What else are you guys doing that is enabling team members to stay for 10 years? Because that, like I said, it is, especially now in 2022 with, you know, the Gen Z and my generation mm-hmm. millennials, like loyalty does it's, it's remiss. And I think part mm-hmm. of it is remiss is because these systems don't exist. If you understand yeah. how to build genuine connections and community, I think yeah. a lot of businesses use the word family and I strongly dislike it. <laughs> you're not a family. You're just saying that that's BS, right? right? Exactly. Like, well, what else are you guys doing? Yeah. So, you know, there's hundreds of things. So, you know, you mentioned systems, but I'd like to back up um, for a second and address at least what I heard behind your question. It comes back to myself working to myself, right? And as listened to many of your podcasts as well as other podcasts and everybody has a selling book and I have five books here to recommend. At the end of the day, you know, we got to work on ourselves. And as I talk with somebody else, I'm developing internally here at our agency it's so easy to point that finger the other way. Anybody who's been in a deep relationship, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, you know, recognizes at some point in that relationship, holy shit, the only thing I have control over is myself, how I receive and I react. And also most of the folk, including myself, is we're projecting on somebody else our problems. So it's like recognizing, hey, what's your, what is your way of communicating and understanding how the other person communicates? So for example, the other day, there's somebody in customer service that was not communicating timely with my manager of our developers. And I shared with her, hey, her way of communicating, she's somebody who's like salt of the earth kind of person, wants to take care of everybody, doesn't like to multitask. So she'll see your Slack message after she takes care of these other things. You're going to have to be the person taking the initiative, recognizing that my other manager is that person taking initiative, but there's no offense. She felt like she's being ignored, but that's just somebody else's style. So how can we become the chameleon and change and communicate? That other person. The last thing I would say to you, you know, during the first 30 days, if you're a new hire with us, Jordan, the focus is on building trust with you. What is trust? It means I'm going to be consistent with you and I'm going to be predictable. I say I'm going to meet with you in 15 days, 30 days you're going to get the raise. We try to beat that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then we're going to build respect. Respect is knowledge, but that takes time. And most of, actually, everybody on our team has more knowledge than I do by far. But that trust thing is just huge. And then the last thing I'll just add in there. People talk about this all the time, really pisses me off, but it's actually caring for the individual. You know, when I first joined here, people didn't even know how to pronounce people's last names, the majority of them. You know, what kind of person is going to be so motivated to run through walls for you if you don't even know how to say their last name? Needless to say, to know their families, et cetera, et cetera. To me, actually, customer or employee retention is much easier today because I've heard the stories of how people are treated. The last thing I'll say, the biggest big tip I like to say to you, I learned this from my mentor many years ago is take care of your superstars. And so we have a list of who's our superstars. So if we ever have a downtime with the number of clients coming through, as far as workloads and tickets, guess who gets taken care of the superstars. It does. It's not a socialist system where 
get spread. You earn that right. It's nothing to do with tenure. So I'll finish off by saying we reward based on our values and your ability to contribute to the team. You're not rewarded on tenure with us. That includes all of our managers, and it's real clear. Whoa, we just, Jim, you just dropped some golden nuggets, man. So That's nice to hear. I want to record that and play that for my managers. <laughs> you, you should. So you call trust. The word I actually teach is safety. Mm. When you study yes. organizational psychology and you study the tenure and lifetime of an employee, yeah. the number one thing that will correlate to an employee's tenure is a sense of safety. And, and you can yeah. test for this in the first 90 days, because what safety does, we are genetically predisposed to be in fight or flight mode 70% of the time. So I get into an organization. I've had really shitty experiences. Someone's had a bad experience somewhere unconsciously that program is running. I'm looking in the environment. I'm looking for threats. So what you're doing when you're building trust, you're actually turning down those receptor sites for threats in the environment. And you're like opening up the receptor sites for abundance. Yes. Safety. And because I'm safe, I can build trust. So I actually say safety is the pre-qualifier for trust. And then once you have that, then you could really, you, you talked about building knowledge. You talked about um, rewarding people. You talked about retaining. And the other thing that I thought you said, which was absolutely brilliant, is you have a list of your superstars, right? And you also said you want to treat people right now their last name. I think that's a no-brainer. But if you really go above and beyond for your superstars, especially, one thing Amazon has when that's where, you know, I worked at Amazon before, went to entrepreneurship, they have um, pathways, for their superstars. And mm. on the macro, I don't think those are highly discussed inside of Amazon. I only found out in my last year of Amazon that that was something. When you're a superstar, you're a rock star, you're put on a like a track. Like mm-hmm. you have a track to the top. Yep. Roughly, right? So you guys are doing something similar in the sense that maybe it's not a track to the top, but we're giving you attention. We're giving you our energy. You're crushing it and we're going to continue to do our best to crush it for you. Yep. And yep. then the last thing is make sure that people are rewarded based on their results that are centered around values. So we're not a tenure-based company. Like there's no, I don't know if you guys have family there, but like nepotism, but nepotism correlating to tenure. It doesn't sound like that. We have specific frameworks that Mm -hmm. correlate to tenure and performance. So Jim, holy mackerel, man, you guys have it. Guys, this is, I have never spoken to an agency on this podcast as has had it more figured out in terms of people management and people systems than these guys did and Jim does. Mm. So Jim, people are listening to this and like, granted, we don't have enough time to really go deep. I would love to probably have you on another conversation to go a layer deeper. People that are listening to this might be struggling or might want to learn more. Where can they learn about your agency? We're at thedigitalnavigator.com is our agency. That'd be the best starting point. You might want to read the blog on sales systems if, if you're interested in driving sales or not sure how. And then also we have some a great blog on landing pages. I'm just thinking of your audience, what would benefit them most, Jordan? Probably those two blogs is what I think about that many struggle with um, for what it's worth. Yeah. Wow. Jim, thank you so much for coming on, guys. You heard it. Check out the Digital Navigator. Check out the blogs. And... Jim, I, I will I will have you back on if you're open for it because this was I want to go deeper next time. Next so time. thank you so much. Appreciate it.